Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Yeshayahu, Perek, Dalad, Chapter 4 of Isaiah. So far in the book of Yeshayahu, we have seen and begun to explore some of the central themes of the book. Number one, in chapter one, we saw the hollowness of religious gestures when one lives a corrupt and immoral lifestyle. Number two, we saw the importance of justice and the absolute loathing of exploitation of the vulnerable. We saw in chapter two, the notion of a utopian universal rallying around Jerusalem in the name of God and and justice. In chapter 2, we saw a disdain of human pride and arrogance, where we read, that human beings will be brought down low. And, of course, this corrupt and decadent society has led to national ruin. And that's exactly where we take up chapter 4, But today we're going to see two new central principles of Ishayahu's thought. So let's begin at the first Pasuk, at the depths of of tragedy. Seven women will seize one man on that day and say, please let me, let's eat your bread and let's wear your clothes. Just call your name upon us. Gather our shame. The idea being that so many men have been killed in war, so many men have been killed in the battles, that there is a surplus of women and hardly any men. And seven women will will grab one man and say, please marry us. Please gather our shame that we are single um, and that we, we would like to be married. And please let us eat of your bread. Let us wear your clothes. So this shows the, the depths which society has reached after the great calamity described in chapter 3. However, suddenly, in Pasuk Bet, there's a turnaround. On that day, the sprout of Hashem, the sprouting of Hashem, will be one of beauty and glory. And the priharets, the fruit of the land, will be ferret, will be one of dignity and majesty for the remnant of Israel. So here I really would like to relate to two things. First of all, who is the Tzemach Hashem? The Tzemach, as we'll see later on in the Sefer, is the Melech, is the king. And therefore the priharets is the people. And the king has now started sprouting again, and he is a beautiful of beauty and glory and the people of dignity and majesty but this is the remnant and here this is a new principle that we're going to introduce the notion of the plata the she'irit she'irita plata the remnant because for yeshayahu all of the suffering of the people is a purging suffering it's a suffering which is cleansing Right, as you can see in Pasuk Dalad, Imrachatz Adonayet Soat Panotision Vetameyu Shalaim Yadiach Mikirba Baruch Mishpatu Baruch Bier. 
through a spirit of burning and a spirit of justice, he is going to cleanse rachatz. It's sot but not sion bet the blood of Jerusalem. So there's a sense of cleansing here. But if we look at Pasuk Gimel, only a fraction of the people remain in Zion. There are a remnant in Jerusalem. But this remnant are going to be, as it says in Pasuk Gimel, Kadosh Yamerlo Kola Katuv. Everybody who's left will be Lachayim, will be for life for Yerushalayim. So these are the two principles I want to say. The notion of the She'irit, the Pleita, those who are left, that Yeshayahu really sees that the death and destruction of, of war and invasion and later on will be Khorban, will be something which will cleanse the people, and everybody who remains will be Kadosh, will be holy. And in fact, this is such a large theme that Yeshayahu's own son is called Sha'ar Yashuv, the remnant will return. And he keeps on calling the people a Kadosh Yisrael. We saw in chapter one, he calls us Kadosh Yisrael. He even has this concept of, we'll see it in chapter six, of Zera Kodesh of a holy, holy line. Why are the Jewish people holy? Because all the evildoers, all of the corrupt people have, have, have met their demise. And after this, Pasuk Hey, Lord will create over the, the, the shrine, over the temple on Hartzion, will create a cloud by day and smoke with the glory of a fire by night. Now, what does this remind us of? This is the Amud Eish and the Amud Anam, the pillar of fire pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, like we had in the wilderness. God is as intimate with us now. God is as expressive of his love for the Jewish people as he was when we came out of Egypt. And ki al-kol kavod chupa. There is a sort of a, a canopy, a canopy of honor over us. The sukkah, what is this canopy? It's a sukkah. And maybe now it's not surprising that the opinion which is that the sukkah, uh, the sukkah that we sit in, is reflective of the cloud of glory, is brought on, on the basis of these verses. Because a sukkah, which will be for shade during the day, <clears throat> and protection from the cold and from the dry and from the rain, uh, this is the the, the fire of God and the cloud of God, which is protecting the Jewish people. So we end off with this absolutely wonderful image of the Jewish people almost being ensconced, just sort of like embraced by God's protective clouds, uh, stopping the, 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 the heat and the cold and the, the rain and, and as a chuppah, as a canopy of honor over us. So this is quite a contrast to chapter 3. This uh, chapter is giving us a sense of, of a real return. And maybe what I will finish off with here is um, to say that on the face of it, it sounds like we almost have a sort of chaotic structure. We began chapter 2 talking about it will be at the end of days that the house of God will be raised and everybody will gather with it to it in justice and they will uh, beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. It's all going to be wonderful. It begins with that 
And then we have the sins of Jerusalem and the purging of Jerusalem. And now God comes back to the remnant of the people who are now Kadosh. And he restores his, his glory. And this is a sense of hope. But I'd actually like to suggest a different way of reading this. Because one of the repeated phrases that you see throughout these chapters is the phrase Bayomahu. On that day, it's in chapter 2, verse 11, Bayomahu. We find it in chapter 2, verse 17, Bayomahu. And again in verse 20, all over the place, Yisa Bayomahu, chapter 3, verse 7, Bayomahu. And in fact, in the first two lines of our chapter, on that day, they were seven women will will seize one man, and then all the time, If you want to read this, and then you read back to the beginning of chapter two, what does it say? In other words, after all these days, we sometimes think means the end of days. But after all these days, then the house of God, which will be covered by cloud, by fire, will become the place that everybody will search to for, for justice and for peace. And if that's true, there's almost like, not just a chiasm, but almost like a circular motion here, where, um, if you want, the, the, the end of this whole process is actually put right at the beginning. Of, of the story, and why would you do that? Rav Yol bin Nun claims that this is indeed the image of that God never gives us a punishment unless he has in store a something good at the end of it. <laughs> and in fact, the, the, the plan is indeed to purge Jerusalem of its evil ways because it's irreparable, but eventually those who survive and those who manage to um, rebuild Jerusalem will build a city which will represent all those values which have been lost, those values of the presence of God, those values of justice. And indeed, this will be the She'irit, who will become uh, the Kedushah of Jerusalem. And this will be the Jerusalem which represents God and justice. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Light's